Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Well, 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 what's going on, kids? Kevin Goatee gutting the sacred cow. Good God, what a summer it's been for films that, A, I never thought would reach the threshold of getting gutted, and B, films that I had no desire to see, but hey, that's what this podcast is here to do, force me to watch films I would never, ever consider, and this week, Joe Canale picks one of the, probably the granddaddy of them all, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, you know, the film everybody feels the need to dress up and yell shit out at the top of their lungs at midnight, you know, exactly what the movie theater was designed to do, having an interactive experience, well, Let's just see if that puppy holds up without audience participation. Sitting next to me this episode is a man who contemplated buying an automatic transforming Grimlock for $1,500. Kevin Israel's back again. And we're going to figure out if this movie is anything else besides the Time Warp Dance, Tim Curry in drag, and Susan Sarandon in her bra and panties. Let's find out. Gather around is what I know. I want to die a natural death at the age of 102, like the city of Detroit. Kevin Israel, the man who thinks everyone thinks he's back, and I'd say the evidence points that way. What film is that from? Don't start rumors. I have have no idea. I feel like I'm one in nine since I've come back. Uh, I have no idea. And the one you gave me was like a super softball, like... (laughs) <laughs> go ahead make my day i don't yeah. I have no idea what all right we're gonna go to our guest joe canal joe what's going on how are you sir welcome to the program thanks for having me uh put the uh, put the e the hardy e on the end of that name canally okay oh we're uh, we're an eye tie over there. that's cool there you go that's what's up oh super eye tie yeah that's exactly it joe <laughs> i want to die a natural death at the age of 102 like the city of detroit name that film Ah, good. I don't got it. No, uh, it, is it the Michael Keaton film where he's, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of a racist film now where he's, he's gung ho auto making film. Yeah, it's not gung ho. It's Deadpool. Okay. Deadpool. Wow, I feel bad. And I was just looking at the new Deadpool Wolverine pictures that were released. I oh thought, just pictures. I thought I that you would excited. get this one. I, I thought you'd get that one. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't yeah. seen the pictures yet. Are they? Are they? Are they hot? Yeah, it looks it looks oh, yeah. okay. I they they put him in this full yellow costume, Wolverine. They put in a full yellow costume that has sleeves, which I find weird. Because it's the wears... old school, like nineties. But it's Wolverine. the cartoon. Yeah, but, it's, but he never in not in cartoons or in the comic book did he ever have sleeves. He was always no. he always just had the. So it looks it looks a little strange, but I'm sure it'll look great in the movie in the movie, and it might just be for a scene. 
um, yes. just for the nod. But yeah, it got me excited. So it takes doesn't take Hugh, Hugh Jackman may have a, a rider where he he wears sleeves and everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, that beats a hell out of brown M and M's or green dildos, like some people have in their riders. All Welcome my clothes to- must have sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Gutting the Sacred Cow, the funniest movie review slash movie debate podcast where guests pick a film they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. But here is the twist. The film must meet one of these criteria. Widely beloved, critically acclaimed, or a financial success. We give a platform to those people who have the most unpopular opinions about our most popular films. And why do I say this? Well, the algorithm likes it. Joe <laughs> Canale has chosen a film that I have purposely avoided my entire 46 and a half years in this life of this planet for and well i surrendered joe has chosen the rocky horror picture show 1975 the year before kevin israel and i were shot out of our father's vast deference a budget at the time of a hundred oh, sorry 1.4 million an initial release of 1975 112 million the all-time release uh tally for this film 226 million dollars now turn that into 2023 money 79.1 million dollar budget a 633 million dollar re-release i did not do the all-time because that is not even fair because they're lumping in 1975 (laughs) to 2023 could you imagine paying 75 million dollars for this today no, <laughs> I would demand more receipts than the IRS would. They're also cheating with these numbers. You you mentioned that because there's all these re-releases yes. constantly with this movie. It's like yeah. the longest running because there's always uh, some version out and release somehow. Yep. That's why I didn't do that final tally. That's why I did the initial uh, release. IMDB, gentlemen, one through 10 with decimal points. Joe Canale. What do you think Rocky Horror Picture Show Rocky Horror Picture Show scored on the IMDb? I'm going to say like low 7s, 7-1. 7-1 Kevin Israel 6 flat. 7-4. What really? By the way, I know. By the way, I love how Ke- <laughs> Don't love- give away how you think. <laughs> yeah. I think that was low. I thought it was going to be I I would be a lot higher. <laughs> I thought it'd be a lot higher too. I love how Kevin and I have chosen the same exact picture and then flip flop the faces. The faces. I was going to point that out. <laughs> We're so two cute by peas the, in a pod. By the way, I originally was. I originally found a picture of Frank with Rocky, and, and he's like all oiled up and he has his arm around him. And the and the face swapping app wouldn't let me do it. They said this is restricted content because I guess they thought it was they thought it was like adult content or something. Rocky, <laughs> sh- all of Rocky stuff is copywritten. Yeah, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, gentlemen, one through one hundred. I'm going to my old pal Kevin Israel first. What did the critics give this score? Oh, I bet it's low. It's got fifty six. Joe Canale. I'll go a little higher, but not much. I'll say like sixty. Yeah. 79. <laughs> the dumbfounded face that Kevin's making right now, kids. If you're not on the YouTube channel, shame on you. This is priceless. <laughs> Joe, I'm going to flip to you again. Audience score, Rotten Tomatoes, same scale. Yeah. Critic 7-9. Same, 7-9. An incredible matching. Kevin Israel. I got to think that all the the weirdo fans came out for this and like 
messed up the algorithm. I'm going to go 83. 85. Your intuition ah, spot. Was... Spot on, sir. Quotes. It's just a jump to the left. Not that anyone's ever saying that in real life. And if they do, I'm pretty sure all of us would go, just shut up. But that's the only quote I have. I Joe have Can- one. I was just gonna, I'm going right to you, Joe Canale. What do you have? Damn it, Janet. Ah, that was mine. Ah, you took oh, mine. <laughs> sorry. That's the only one I had. <laughs> Is that like the damn it, Tina, in Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> I guess. I don't know, but I, I don't even know where I've heard it after. No. But I've These heard are- it plenty. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, the source. That was early in the film. So so my yeah. hopes were, you know, well, we'll go, we'll go on. Didn't even write it down. Five fun facts. What eventually became the Rocky Horror Show and later the Rocky Horror Picture Show began as a way for Richard O'Brien to, quote, spend winter evenings when he wasn't working as an actor. O'Brien poured his love of science fiction and horror films into the initial Rocky Horror songs. And he eventually showed the material to director Jim Sharman as they were working on a play together. So this is how you pass time in merry old England, huh? Not wearing huh. wigs and drinking tea and and boofing tampons filled of Hendrix gin. I don't know, just boofing, boofing. I gotta, I gotta say, I'm not surprised that this guy was an out of work actor. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> on the old shock value, I'm at about a negative one point five. Yeah, I'm surprised he got work as a writer, but we'll move on to that later. Taking a cue from the character's name, Tim Curry, or as I'm going to call him, Mr. Body from Clue, Mm -hmm. (laughs) began the stage production of the Rocky Horror Picture Show by playing Frankenfurter as German. Then one day, he heard a woman on a bus speaking with a particularly posh accent and decided, yes, he should sound like the queen. My question is, why is someone who's speaking posh on a bus England it's a very fancy bus yeah one of those double-decker red ones that's like hearing that's that's like hearing proper English being spoken on the J train (laughs) oh what a (laughs) bus as a production took shape O'Brien knew he wanted to co-star as a motorcycle riding Eddie a role that of course went to meatloaf Charmin saw O'Brien in the role of the mysterious handyman Riff Raff and Robin respected and trusted his director enough that he agreed to take that role. Well, I'm surprised he would have wanted that. That he, he Eddie was in the movie for exactly like 32 seconds. Right, right. As Curry recalled on end. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, go on. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just no. I'll save it for the night. Uh, As- it was, everything's setting me off into a rant. Every- hold on, hold your horse. Listen, yeah. I. It's like Talk someone. You're like a horse that someone just shot cocaine in his ass. We get it. You're excited. <laughs> hold on. The gates are going to open in about three minutes. Number four, as Curry recalled on NPR's Fresh Air in 2005, he once tried to call a New York theater that was holding audience participation screenings of Rocky Horror, only to be told by the ticket agent, "You're the third Tim Curry." To call this week when he simply went in person to get a ticket, he was thrown out for being an imposter. Curry <laughs> produced Curry produces passport and the usherette apologized. I like how he had the, the feminized usher to usherette. <laughs> but he ultimately told her, I wouldn't dream of going back in. Wow. Oh, really? Is that important, Tim, to make a stand on that? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Janet. Me thinks Tim Curry does not have enough going on in his life, sadly. 
Some big celebrities showed interest in being part of the original movie. Want to take a guess what mega superstar singer played a voice, played an interest in playing the role of Frankenfurter? Mega. A plus. Oh, um, star. Uh, uh, no. Why am I blanking the name? Rolling Stones. Mick, Mick Jagger. Bingo. Really? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I finally got one. He stinks with the scores, but is great when it comes to the who could have played who role. It felt like Tim Curry was kind of playing Mick Jagger in it. Like it felt oh, very much so. Mick yeah. Mick Jagger, also very proper English. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The producer stuck with Curry, the actor who defined the role in both the British and American theatrical productions. How about, do you want to take a guess what megastar comic in the 70s auditioned to play the role of Brad, but went to actor Barry Boswick? Mega huge in the 70s comic. And Chevy Chase actor Steve Martin. Steve Martin is a winner. Oh wow, that's a good call. That was a good call. He would have been so. He would have been actually. I think. I think. I think he would have brought something. Gray hair. That's it. <laughs> An actor that the team really wanted to appear in the movie was horror movie legend Vincent Price, who actually saw the play on its opening night. According to Rocky Horror creator Richard O'Brien, unfortunately, scheduling conflicts prevented him from accepting the role. Went the narrator to the actor, Charles Gray. Of the thriller. Yeah. That also would have been better. Any, we... any casting choice they could have made would have been better than what they did. Joe, I don't know if you knew this or not, but no one listens to the end of podcasts, so... Let's talk about what we're up to right now. Joe Canale, what are you up to, sir? Where can we find you? Oh, well, uh, I have a, a, a podcast called Second Citizens. Uh, I worked at a theater called The Second City in Chicago. And so I just interview other people who worked at that theater in Chicago, like uh, George Wendt or Tim Meadows or uh, other people, too. Hundreds. I love and, the... Uh, yeah, that podcast... Go ahead. No, no, no. I don't interrupt you. Go ahead. Please continue. Uh, Brad Morris uh, for other names. I'm just trying to think of people who I. Oh, uh, uh, from uh, SCTV. Um, what's his face? Oh, Rick God, Moranis. It's been so long. No, not Moranis. But, Dave Thomas. Um, there you go. Dave Thomas. Sorry. Oh. That wasn't that long. It actually been on hiatus for about six months, but we're starting to record again. So uh, Alan Arkin just passed away. So I got to get going on these things because a lot of the alums are just starting to starting to die. I noticed the large clock you have in your background. What elementary school did you steal that from? Uh, I think it was I think uh, I think it was a sale. It was elementary schools at the end of the year. They sell all their stuff now, especially in Queens, because, you know, times are tough. Kevin Israel. What about you, pal? KevinIsrael.com for all my dates and my album, The Struggle is Real. I got some July dates coming up, a couple in August, and then we'll be picking back up in uh, late October because I am taking off a couple months of comedy for the birth of my daughter. Do we have a name picked out yet? We do. Sophie. Oh, middle name. My oldest daughter is named Sophia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We were were going back between Sophia and Sophie, and I was like, Sophie's a little... A little more unique, so I figured we'd go that way. We're gonna These days, you're right. You're right. Yeah, Sophia. We're gonna be call her Fee. Yes, Sophia. Sophie. Excellent. Congrats. GuttingTheSacredCow.com, of course, is where you find pretty badass t-shirts like the one I'm wearing right now. We get to see myself and Kevin's face on it. I mean, if that isn't in a female Viagra substitute, I don't know what is. 
guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us. And as Joe Canale said, get ready for a new season of Fantasy Football Jibber Jabber, where we do fantasy football advice mixed with NFL handicapping, but a hell of a lot funnier than the data nerds and dorks who laugh over each other on all the other podcasts and uh, NFL pregame shows, which are terrible. Now it's time to get the audience in the action as we ask a gutter. Go to the Facebook fan page first this time at Steve Dean. Ask him if he agrees that the entire second half of the picture is devoid of any decent songs. So this is me asking you, is the second half devoid of any decent songs? Sure. Yeah. So is the first half. <laughs> That's fair. At Ed Dwyer, he wants to, no, never mind. Oh, yeah, actually, this, 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 is, this is the question. Does, does the movie truly meet the qualifications for the podcast as it became the midnight phenomenon because it was so bad it was campy? He wants to know why has this become so beloved because of that is that reason? Well, that's a question for you. Mm. I, I've seen campy movies that are also good. How about the aforementioned you know, like, clue is fucking great? Yes, you can be campy great. and you can put jokes in there. Right. See, that's the difference. Like... Camp just as camp. Well, this is what we see. But uh, right. yeah. Uh, and and again, one of the categories was that it's popular, it's beloved. And then when you look at those ratings, that's a, a, that that seems to qualify it the other way as well. Uh, well next sad. question. That's that's good. Also, uh, at Gary Boss, would you let Frankenfurter read to your kids at story time? <laughs> Not Frankenfurter. Tim Curry. Yes, but Frankenfurter. Well, I'll, I'll I'll get more into my objections okay. a little later on. But no, I wouldn't let him near really anyone. Fair. On to the Twitter page. Here we go. Kicking it off with at Lord Snurts. After seeing it live, I started to like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Is there another mediocre movie that would be more enjoyable with audience participation? Shakes the Clown. That's kind of a good movie, though. See, that's that's like a campy movie that's good. That's what this could have what aspired to. Shakes, Shakes the, the Clown. Clown. I've never seen it. Oh, Florence Henderson's best movie role. You I've guys never... should check that out. Uh, I, uh, that's a, It's a different genre than this podcast. But you can watch movies outside of this podcast, I would guess. We sure do. We just don't do them on the podcast. <laughs> I have uh, I have not seen Shakes the Clown. I, I mean to. It's one of those like. Oh God! One of those, uh, oh, like kids. It's like I know I have to watch it. It's it's in that genre, and uh, there's another one I blank on the title. We're not going to go down that I, rabbit hole. I can't think of a movie off the top of my head, but I did have a uh, kind of an uh, I don't know about epiphany for this movie. I don't think it's possible for it to kind of engender that kind of reaction. But as an improviser. I've done plenty of shows that were very exciting and fun for the people in the audience there live. But I bet if you had shown that improv show, like on a TV show to an audience that was not in the room, it would not have translated very well. And I thought of that very often when I was watching this movie. Like if this was like in some kind of theater and we're all close up and, da -da -da -da, and they're doing, you know, splattering blood or fake jizz on people, maybe that makes the experience fun but watching it from a distance it reminded me of it's like you know as an improviser i don't want to put it in the same category as this but 
someone who didn't like improv might say this was like the improv of movies. Whereas if you're not there for it, it really sucks. <laughs> At Lord's Nurse has, she's starting this and I love this idea. He has score predictions for us. So just keep this in mind, boys. He has Joe down for a two. He has me down for a two and a half. He has Israel down for a six and saying betting the resident band geek would join the theater nerds for midnight showings. That's his logic. So keep that in mind. He also says, I keep that. This should be feasible for movies I've seen, especially now familiar with the co-host. He goes, Delvin Cox, keep an eye out for too many ugly white people at a beach. Kevin Israel loves singing in Wolverine. Bill Schultz, if he owns a shirt, hat or jersey, then he'll like the movie. (laughs) <laughs> talk about the audience just, knowing us well right really broke us down <laughs> at joe loves cam did you, that one hit, that one hit the room a little bit late but that's cool one of those back of the room laughs i got from kevin israel at joe loves cam did you know there was a semi-sequel in 1981 between richard o'brien riffraff and michael berryman inbred guy from the hills have eyes which actor is less attractive <laughs> I think that I, I I'll, I'll say this now, uh, the guy who plays Riff Raff, he looks like former. Uh, I think he might have been in the Trump uh, uh, em- employment. Stephen Miller, the most anti-Semitic Jewish man in the world. If he dyed his hair blonde, this he would look like Riff Raff. Oh, you're going to have to look it up. He's not a person who people know right away, uh, but he is he is. Uh, that's what Riff Raff reminded me of. Stephen Miller dyeing his hair blonde and letting it grow out. Trump superfan Kevin Israel, does this story check out? Yes. Yeah, actually, <laughs> it, he, it does. Yes. It okay. does. He does, doesn't yeah. he? Yep. I have to give that a Google. I'm not familiar with that, man. Let's see. That's okay. I don't, I, I don't see the need to go rush and follow his work the way you painted it. So Next. <laughs> At Dave Quist from the old Blockbuster Mentality Podcast. Don't know why anyone likes this movie, and I don't want to know. Well, you won't find out from me. At Bjorn the Viking, Ken Bjorn Turner. Funny thing with this movie is some of the call-outs are regional. I've seen this in Philly, Rutland, Vermont, and Fairbanks. I assume that's, he put AK. That's that's Is that the abbreviation for Alaska? I guess it is. I thought it was Arkansas. It was AK. He wants to know, what other movie would be good for doing call-outs on? I tried Titanic. People did not like the world's first water slide as people zoomed down the deck. Nice joke, He's the Ken. second guy to ask this. I don't want people screaming during the movie. Just shut the fuck up. Oh, uh, you <laughs> share the same brain. <laughs> the, only t- the only times I have ever said something out loud in the theater for people to hear were two films. I know what this is going to be. Which one? I know one which of them. Go was ahead. it when Optimus tr- Prime transformed? No, no, I, but I did go. Yeah. That was me. That was, I did, that was but me. I did, Sorry, but, was but me. I did go. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I did do that. So three. The first one was the re-release of Empire Strikes Back, where they say the first shuttle has cleared the bay. And everyone goes, yeah. I get up and go, yeah. <laughs> and the other one, that's a good one. I like it too. The other one, I took my daughter with 15 other nerds last year for the re-release of G.I. Joe, the movie. Oh yeah, it was awesome. And then one wow. one one cross country comes out, goes go go we'll go. It's and I get to go Cobra, <laughs> and my daughter the, laughed her balls in off. The ditty bag. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only times I've ever yelled out. And you're right, Kevin Israel. When I'm in that theater, it had better be pin dropping time yeah. because because Wednesday I'm seeing Mission Impossible. I am going to my oh, one appointment. Boy. And I want to hear nothing but silence, like you know, a quiet place kind of silence. <laughs> I went two hours and forty. That movie will keep of- you. 
I think that movie's going to keep people's attention. As I a huge Mission Impossible fan. Kevin Israel, have you ever yelled out in a theater besides Optimus Prime transforming? I don't, you know, I think um, when in Far From Home, when Tobey Maguire first showed up, everybody cheered and I got yeah. a little caught up in that. Um, I don't remember my, I don't, and uh, and uh, Endgame when, when, when oh, Captain I know this America's, scene when Captain America on your left assemble. Oh, like we all, everybody, everybody went a little crazy. Yeah. Um. Or yeah, on your left. I think on your left and like on your left, everybody was like, "Oh my God, is it? Is it?" And then when everybody started showing up, you know, like, but then it built up to that moment, and right. we had the whole the place fucking exploded. Blew up, man. Me um, too. But I, I don't think there was anything where I ever screamed out a lot. But I'm not a repeat movie goer. I'm. I don't think I've ever seen a movie twice in a movie theater you're kidding me i wow the only movie i ever saw twice in a movie theater was <laughs> was <laughs> was um independence day and that was only because i had a date scheduled to with two different girls in the same week and they both wanted to see that movie and so i went inside <laughs> and i had to act the second time like i didn't know what was happening <laughs> <laughs> wait this is the part where the alien alien gets punched in the face by will smith wait, you mean... know what you know what you know when the alien jumps out of the out of the suit when they're operating yeah because i knew that was coming I Didn't grabbed jump. the girl as soon as it happened and she fell out of her seat. She was sitting on the end and she fell out of her seat. And it, <laughs> oh, it was amazing. Anyway, sorry. That's that, I, I'm betting that's not who you ended up marrying. No, no. Well, neither of them are really. But <laughs> if, you only, even... if, say, if you only knew Kevin Israel's wife's age back in 1997, that would be a definite <laughs> no. <laughs> Tell her I said that. She was Tell 11. Her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Was she? <laughs> No, wait, she was 84. She was, uh, no, she was that put, that, that puts her in her 30s now. 13. 13. <laughs> Excellent. That's, you know, that, that, at that point, everyone's an adult. Yeah, yeah sure. Next you one. You weren't at, dating her then. At Bango2331, <laughs> never saw it, but what's your most underrated Tim Curry performance? Well, the way to lead in with that question, first of all, uh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I almost don't want to answer just out of principle of like, well, if you haven't seen this movie, why are you asking? Right. But uh, yeah, I think the Clue one that you mentioned when you said that, I was like, oh yes, he was in Clue. God damn, yeah. he was a he was the he was the puppet master in Crew. He had everybody going yeah, around. He was yeah. That was such a fun film. It, it still is a, fun. Such a great. He's been in, and it and it had different endings. I know. And I know. they and they showed different endings in the theater, so people had different experiences, which is. The, the the boldest move to do with a movie. They even That's labeled it. They even labeled it like, I don't know, let's say A, B, and C for the endings. Yeah. And they would put it at the bottom like B if you're going to see Mrs. Peacock be the killer or C yeah. if Mr. Bob. That is genius. Yeah, I wish that. Here. I wish somebody seen a movie balls. twice. Genius. Yeah, exactly, right? Yep. Especially when you get in arguments like, dude, Miss Scarlet killed them all. No, asshole. It was Mr. Body. No, you dumb dildos, Mrs. Peacock. <laughs> That's hilarious. How about we also throw out there, this is a film that no one talks about anymore, and I watched it again maybe a year or two ago. It's still funny. National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon. He was the bad guy, Tim Curry. Oh, shit, that's right. Yeah. That's right. He was a little heavier. A lot heavier. Yeah. yeah. Guess, he, guess oh, wow. he had all those Girl Scout cookies in there. Yeah, that's right. Also in Hunt for Red October. Was he? Yep. Yes. Yep. He was one of the uh, Russian officers. Yep. 
Oh shit! <laughs> and that's my Tim. And that's my Tim Curry filmography. Are these four films I just brought up right now? Oh, oh. Christ Almighty! How do we forget this one? Pennywise the Clown in the TV version of It. Oh right. Ooh. Right. Well, all that makeup makes it hard to re- remember that. Yeah. All right. Next Pennywise, one. Frightening. Oh yeah. And of course, not like we were going to skate away without this being asked. Is Susan Sarandon's fantastic rack worth killing everyone and blowing up your house for? And that, of course, is the So Wizard podcast. I mean, it's pretty good. It actually it comes into play where I, I, I she almost was not wholesome enough for the role, in my opinion. So if that tells you, I mean, if I was having unwholesome thoughts, I think that <laughs> that that justifies it. Let's get old Tim. Uh, let's get old Tim Robbins on the horn and ask him. I'm sure he'll give an enthusiastic double thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to close Ask a Gutter. Now, my, I'm sorry, Joe. Now it's time for you to come out of here and just kick this film right in the prosthetic penises. I don't know. I couldn't think of anything funny for that one. I got more. I got better jokes than that. Kevin Israel, let's have Joe come out here and gut. Gut. The, the sacred, sacred. Cow. Whenever the guest starts ones. laughing, yeah, I know. <laughs> Whenever the guest starts laughing, I always know it must. We must be off. Yeah. <laughs> so I use a hand in there. I try and like a conductor. I was, but it, there's a if there's a second delay and I go with your finger, it's still going to be off. Yeah. Anyway, I thought you were. I thought you were doing a round, like row your boat. <laughs> Fire. Right, let me start with a couple things that I found interesting uh, about it. Lou Adler is the producer. Do you know who Lou Adler is? I know that name but I, I can't put it together you will, right now. You'll, you'll recognize it. He was a producer of music. He did Mamas and Papas, Jan and Dean, uh, Cheech and Chong. He did their albums. So he added it. Everyone in his in his uh, stable had a blank and blank. So he was the producer of this. He's the guy at the Laker games who wears a Kangol hat backwards. If you ever see the guy, he's got he's like a tall white dude with a beard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 I thought it was Samuel L. Jackson. But as soon as you said white guy, I said, I that's not him. Yeah. <laughs> Different guy. Never get those two confused. <laughs> uh, so so when I looked it up, I was like, this is the guy who's at the, all the Laker games. So now I know who Lou Adler is. And now so do you. That's about as good as it's going to get. Now, part of me feels bad uh, about hating this movie because on the one hand, it deals with a very highly underrepresented group. And in this day and age, a group that is, you know, getting a, generating a lot of, you know, publicity and things are happening around trans. But the slightest bit of critical examination reveals that there's some real problems in the way that they portrayed these folks and did a disservice, in fact, to what could be a marginalized community, but instead they decided to marginalize them more. I'll get into that more a little bit later. The opening of the movie was four and a half minutes of credits. But you know what, to pause, that's what they did back in the day. Because we watched all these old movies. There was usually something else happening. No. At least there was a, there were lips singing. There were yeah, those the, lips. Oh, but yeah, those singing. lips, yeah, that was a little disturbing too. I, maybe, maybe, you're right. Old movies did start that way. This one just felt interminably long. Already out of the gate. There was nothing going on. They could have they could have done a little bit more with that. Well, if you think now, nothing goes on in the first few minutes of this, try watching 2001 A Space Odyssey because nothing happens for the first 15 minutes. 
Well, you know, <laughs> we're going to get to a similarity between these two movies as Ooh. well in a minute. Ooh. Excellent. Yeah. So, so then again, it's a little bit out of touch, and it's also so heavy-handed. We're from Transylvania. We're the transit. Like any word that starts with trans, they tried to incorporate into where they were from or whatever. Like it's, we get it. We understand trans. You don't have to hammer it over the head. It reminded me of something you would show like an 11 or 12 or 13 year old, and they would think it was cool because it's different and sexual in a way they don't recognize. But beyond that, it's like you're you're hammering me over the head. Uh, so then let's get into that. So Tim Curry. He's the transvestite character. I guess you could say he seduces all the other characters in this, but he basically is sexually assaulting them. And then they, they eventually relent at one point. They're like, oh, okay, just don't tell him. Or, oh, just don't. It's like, well, what about the raping that happened the first minute and a half of this situation? So I feel like when they kind of, you know, when you sensationalize rape in a movie, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to have some hesitation there. He also slaps her at one point, just yeah. randomly at some point, he just gives her a slap and it's never, you know, it just goes on. And again, we could say this is the seventies, but again, you're not doing the trans community a lot of favors with how you've portrayed them at this point. And again, it's so broad and on the nose and poorly written. If this movie didn't have music, it would be too bad for mystery science theater to do. If there was not like like if it was just the script in this movie, it wouldn't even be good enough for them to use in that regard. Uh, it's just like everything is so on the nose and like there's no no. And I get it. It's camp and everything. So you want it over the top. But still, you could have a little bit of semblance of like you thought about these things. So let's talk about the writing. You mentioned the writer before. I read up on this a little bit. And yeah, like it said, it was like he had this idea when he was an out of work actor in England. And I can tell you, he had a lot of time to work on this, if that's what we're talking about. So the guy who writes it, the narrator, a narrator is a stage device. Cut him out of the movie. We don't need him at all. Like, that's the laziest thing in the world. If you have a play that has a, a, a narrator on the side. To just put it into the movie, like almost every play that they adapt into a movie has a narrator on the side. And except for this one, they cut the narrator as they should in everything. I also think this was this, I read that someone called this the greatest musical film of all time. Read that, too. Okay. OK, if you want a musical where the 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 book or the script or the, you know, the plot makes sense, might I suggest West Side Story, Annie. Oliver, My Fair Lady, The, the, the Sound of Music. They, they have a storyline that you can follow. This has none. But if you're looking for something that just has music that's fun to listen to and has a shitty story, might I suggest Tommy or The Wall? Songs that you could actually listen to a second time, unlike this thing, where it's like, okay, I'll never listen to that song again. If I never hear it again, I won't miss it. So so it fails on both of those things. It's not a good like film in terms of making sense. And the music is also bad. So you're wrong on two counts with that. <laughs> production. Production. OK, Curry was OK. He's camp. I get that. Every other actor was miscast in this. Now, I read that Fox wanted the two leads. Uh, the Fox Studios, that was their one thing. They asked for Susan Sarandon and what's the guy's name? 
Uh, Barry was a not bot, not bit Oswick. Am I right with that? Barry something. I have it here written somewhere. Yeah, not bots. Uh, Barry Davis or something. Regardless, neither of them could sing. Like when she sings, she's only singing this loud. They've got the microphone turned up so high on her that if she were to go like into a conversational tone, she couldn't keep the notes at all. Every song she's like, me, la, me, la, me, la, me. <laughs> like that, that's someone who can't sing. I'm not objecting to her being in the movie, but if you have a musical and the lead role can't sing, I'm going to put another ding on you for that one. She hasn't sang in any other film she's done, I bet. For a reason. Yeah. <laughs> she got that out of I the know. way, luckily. I teed you up on that one. Now, the, the castle. Like, here's the thing. When it's raining in the beginning, I swear to God, there was a shot where it's raining, 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 and then there's a shot, and it's the castle, and there's no rain. And then back, and there's raining, raining, raining. And again, if you're doing shit like that throughout, and you're playing up the badness and the campiness and the dumbness of it, great. But this was a clear mistake in my mind uh, that they had done in that. The costume designer bragged about not researching before she did the costumes for this. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't know what more there is to say about that. Like, you, you should never brag about your incompetence. Uh, it accidentally, again, because it was so weird, it was an influential movie in that way when the punks started wearing all that stuff. But this wasn't the only place they were getting that from. She stole all her ideas from the punks in Britain. And then the punks in America probably stole their ideas from seeing the thing. I can't imagine anyone had an original idea that contributed to this movie. Why, why is this movie a success? This is an indictment of humanity. Here we go. Three reasons this movie is a success. It is a triumph in marketing and promotion. They, they, they tried five or six different ways to promote this movie and then... Finally, somehow, they stumbled on this midnight showing thing, and that's what gave it its 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 staying power. But initially, it did not have huge, huge, huge success. So thanks to all, all the marketers and promoters out there, you are the ones to blame for this. And just more evidence that advertisers, marketers, and promoters should be shot into space. The midnight mm. showings in college students, that's number two. That's reason number two why this is popular. And as any of us who are more than 10 years past college know, the dumbest human beings in the world are college students. <laughs> They're trying to become a new person. You know, I got a daughter who's in college. You know, they go through the four different personalities. And then at some point, as I did, they walk by a Rocky Horror Picture Show at midnight. I kept walking when I was in college. But there's probably a percentage of kids who walk into that room. And those dumb schmucks are the reason that this keeps getting shown. So that's reason number two. And number three, now this is something I have experience with. The Grateful Dead. Much like The Grateful Dead or 2001, as you mentioned, the only reason that those three things, The Grateful Dead, this movie, and 2001 are popular is the very easy access to psychedelic drugs in America. <laughs> because without that, I'll tell you, I've been to a dead show. Anyway, the only dead show that I went on serious drugs for was the worst dead show I've ever been to. <laughs> it was also Jerry's last show in Chicago. 2001, also, that's a reason to watch that movie. And I assume that's a reason to watch this as well. So those three reasons are why I think, and you noticed, none of those reasons were because it's good. And finally... 
this is the biggest you mentioned before that the guy said he wanted to do this as a tribute to 50s horror movies and everything. Well, I looked this up and you know what movie came out in 1974? Uh, Young Frankenstein. Yeah. One of the greatest <laughs> movies in the history of cinema. They had That's to have a, seen this movie. <laughs> it's one of yeah. the greatest comedies in history. I'll disagree with that. that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's uh, then let me come on the, the, the you do the young Frankenstein bash <laughs> and I'll do the other side for that one. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a great movie. It, regardless, you have to admit it is. Culturally significant. Several times, several times better than this piece of shit we're talking about today. Right. So, so this guy who's playing the Igor type character, like totally changed the character. Don't compare it to the Marty, like, Marty Feldman, I think uh, you guys might be a little different, but I think he knocked that out of the part, the Igor part. I thought he was a highlight of that movie. And this guy, like, just if you're showing those two, it's like it's like 2D versus 3D. It was just so poor. And the fact that that other movie existed and you had the opportunity to see it and not do the crap you did afterwards. Like it's an in this movie is an insult to the sci fi of the 50s and 60s. If you wanted to do a real homage to the 50s sci-fi, you do Young Frankenstein, which takes, you know, it takes shots at it, but it has jokes in it, too. <clears throat> I think that's all I have. Like how worked up you got. You, uh, I got like very pa worked Passion up. is key. Give me a number one to I'm ten. I'm also then. a little worked up because you guys didn't like Young Frankenstein. I like Young Frankenstein. Wait, 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 wait. I like, I like, okay. I would even go, for, I love like Young Frankenstein. All I don't right, think it's all right, all right, comedy all right. ever made. No, I know that's fair. Uh, that's fair because it's because it's a genre not a Mel thing Brooks too. Guy. I'm not. <laughs> no, no. He, uh, I think he's inconsistent, but I think that's one of his best ones. I, I, I in the in the in the zeitgeist of Mel Brooks, ah! I had to. He, that's top three for him without question. Sure. But sure, where where other ones are rankings depends it's whatever we'll get we'll cross that bridge when someone else wants to gut it i also will tease and say someone's going to come on the podcast in a few weeks and do blazing saddles oh <gasps> okay kevin i'll text you about that when we're done here i just got yeah. that a little bit ago i'm sorry joe give me a one to ten again i don't know if i caught that oh one to ten well i'm gonna give it actually a a, a, a can i do an, a fraction two and a half yeah, of course you yeah. can. Wow, did the I mean, gutter act? Did the gutter act? Did what's yeah, he, his nerds called? No, two I think and he half? said. I think he said you were going to give it a two and a half. Oh, okay. He said my my dad was going to do it too. Yeah. Okay. All right, two and a half. It is. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba. Kevin Israel, 
Oh, let's see if the quote unquote band geek did go to a midnight showing of this. <laughs> so strangely enough, was it Lord Snarts that called that? He did. Um, so fuck you, Lord Snarts. But as it <laughs> happens, uh, when I was in high school, I was in the marching band. And for some reason, when marching band is 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 not in session, a lot of marching band participants do theater. And so I got sucked into doing a musical my freshman year, which was Lil Abner. And mm -hmm. I'd never done theater. I never, I could, I now I can't sing. I can't, to this day, I can't sing and I can't dance. I had no place doing that, but uh, some of my friends were doing it. So I did it. There and, are people who were in movies he couldn't sing. Yeah, that's, that's true. what we're that's talking true. about. Looking at you, Susan Sarandon. So um, I am looking at you, Susan yes, Sarandon. <laughs> so, then the night the night before the night of the first showing of the movie all the you know the super theater geeks got together and I, they were all getting really excited and suddenly all the girls broke out into let's do the time warp and they all knew the song they knew the dance they did this whole thing and i i felt like i like i had missed something in life because i was like how did i everybody seems to know this but me and even the people who weren't dancing were singing along and i had and somebody was like oh it's from the rocky horror picture show and i was like oh yeah i had no idea what that was I didn't, I didn't know, and I, I felt completely left out. So I got to college, and I ended up going almost every other weekend to live showings of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. What? I was, I, yeah, I was, I, was, I was president of the Rocky Horror Picture Society, and I made my whole fraternity go see it. I, I adore this movie. I, I love it. I think it's a great, you know, I like mashups of genre. I think this movie mashes sci-fi and horror and comedy great. I, Tim Curry is a monster in this movie and he sets up so many characters down the road for, he, like he created a certain type of character that ended up being recreated so many times. Susan Sarandon's in it. I mean, that's that's huge. The music in this is time. Let's do the time warp. Uh, Transsexual from Transylvania. Huge movies. If you haven't, okay, I can't. I hated this fucking movie. I was just kidding. I was going to say, there's no, there's no way, there's no way that you were the fraternity president champion and go, oh, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him 15 more seconds before I call bullshit. That, and that performance Ooh. was better than anything you saw in this movie. This movie is, a, is an utter disaster. And I'd actually realized as I was watching it last night that I'd never seen this entire movie. The only time the movie was ever actually on, I was in high school shortly. I might have been a junior at this point. I went over with the girl I was dating at the time to a friend's house. They put it on and I ended up making out with her the entire time the movie was on. So I only saw quick like glimpses of what was going on. And I heard people singing, but like in high school, any chance to make out, like you would like make out for, you know, like six hours. So I, I had no idea what was going on in the movie. So this is the first time I've ever even watched this movie. I took no notes on this movie because I didn't know what to say about it. I couldn't, as I'm watching, I was like, there's no, the only thing I, the only thing I wrote down was that nobody wears those underwear. Brad, whatever his name was, he was wearing oh, underwear. Oh my God. It looks <laughs> like wears... someone it looks like someone toilet papered underwear on him. Yeah, like it looked like Ken underwear. Like Ken Doll like who wears underwear that go up to your and they oh, have that a weird triangle on it. That was the that was the weirdest thing in the movie the, to me. That was chastity underwear. Yeah, I will. I will say this: the movie, for what it is, starts out as far as a musical goes. The movie starts out strong with two huge, two big musical numbers. It starts out with "Time Warp," which is a good song, and then it goes into "Sweet, Sweet Transsexual." Tim Curry is entertaining in this, um, and then and then the music just falls off. The and then all the music just becomes weird, non-musical music. It's nothing you'd want to sing or listen to or or recreate. This, but okay, 
we know we know this about me and when I watch movies. I care about two things: character development <laughs> and or storytelling. Forget character <laughs> development. There's just there's just there's just no character development in this whatsoever. So storytelling. This movie makes no fucking sense. No. At no point, and I have to be honest, and I hate to say, I'm a, look, I don't, I, I'm an intelligent person. I passed the bar exam in two states. I, I'm, a, I'm relatively intelligent. I had to look up the plot after the movie to understand what the fuck just happened. The movie, and part of it is because I became so bored with the movie, I was on my phone. And at one point I was like, oh, I should be paying attention. The movie, first of all, I had no idea that they use Eddie's brain to make Rocky. I missed that altogether. They they introduce yeah, look it up. That's true. They use half of Eddie's brain to make Rocky. <laughs> Eddie was frozen and he came out. I didn't get that. I did, I mean I knew he had ice on him, but I didn't get that whole story. <laughs> he killed him because he nobody was supposed to know that they were using Eddie to do that. Like this whole section of this plot I completely missed out on. Then so you're, you're you're sort of going along with it already. He's this weird scientist transvestite guy who lives in this castle and is doing experiments. Fine, I can I can get with all that. And then suddenly, in the last quarter of the movie, you find out that he's an alien. Which I okay, you want to throw a curveball and be like, ah, oh, guess what? We're going to do something so crazy. But I've always said a twist is not a twist if there's no foreshadowing. If you can't go back and watch the movie and go, oh, that's I should have seen that coming. There's no foreshadow. It's just here's something weird we're going to do. And it's so fucking bizarre. And it doesn't make any, like if at least if they like pulled off their faces and they had alien faces or something, but they were just aliens from transvestite, the planet transvestite from the, or from the universe trans Transylvania. Like yeah. what, 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 why? And then, and then his, his little minions sort of, there was like a coup and they start shooting what can only be described as like paper mache lasers at them. Oh my god, those lasers were like those were below, those were like if it could be less than stage like yeah. effects, it was less than stage effects. It was. Which, it was I don't know how you do that. Just, just horrible. And then and again, I, the, I'm sorry. Keep going. Then I guess I guess they they kill him, Frank. But then at the end, you see him kind of writhing around as the. And the house takes off, which I guess was a spaceship, makes no sense. And then the <laughs> movie just kind of ends, and he with this weird, like ominous about humans are just lost in space and time or whatever. <laughs> the movie is so bad in everything it tries to execute. It's got two passable songs, an okay performance by Tim Curry in the beginning. It's called a comedy. There's not there wasn't a funny moment in it. There was nothing that I laughed at. There was the, I guess the funniest part was probably in the beginning with the uh with the wedding. It was kind of an awkward like weird like that was sort of silly, but the, it's it's fails as a comedy. It fails as a movie in general just as far as storytelling goes. It fails as a musical because there's only two songs that work that anybody cares. Nobody sings any of those other songs. I've never heard anybody say like, "Oh, I want to sing that." Song I'm going to argue. I'm going to argue that no one sings any other song but the Time Warp Dance. Yeah, I've 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 heard people. I've I have heard. I'm a the sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. I've heard. I've heard that other places. I'm not. Okay. I'm not saying it's you walk outside and you hear people chanting it from right. the rooftops, yeah. but those are the two songs that stick out as somewhat catchy. You're it's, totally right about the band kids because my wife knew every song when I had it playing. And she's a band kid. So those are yeah. the only people who know. That's a connection you just made for me when you said that. She knew it all. Yeah, it's it, it appeals to that kind of 
like group without a group. And, <laughs> and, and, and by the way, so when your whole move, so, so I actually looked up what all the audience participation lines were as oh. I was watching this, just cause I was like, I guess I should Smart. just know it's such lame. It's so bad. It doesn't add to the movie. And so, and by the way, you have to, re- you have to memorize as much dialogue as there is in the movie. So fucking don't plan on doing any, anything else, weirdo, because you're going to be memorizing that for three and a half years. Wait, where's the it, toast part coming? Because uh, that's one of the things is, oh, bring toast. They go, where? And I watch this thing go, where's the toast part? They don't eat toast I didn't, at all. I didn't, you know, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do it through the whole movie. I did it for like three or four <laughs> scenes. And it's a lot It's a lot of call. It's a lot of calling her a slut. Like, it's a big deal to call her a slut and talk about coming. Coming was a big, like, how oh, we're going to say come. It's, it's, and it's, and a lot of it is like playing on the, like, the lines because there are a lot of pauses in it. So he'll be like, oh, look at that. It's so big. Not as big as you want it to be. Like, uh, waka waka. Like, like, just terrible. That's it's, what it's, she it's, said, jokes. It's, yes. One nail. People head. discovering their sexuality yeah. as they yeah. watch this show. Yeah. And it, it's just it and yeah, and there was a there's that weird rapey scene. It's just so it's just so bad and <laughs> fails in every measurable metric of a movie. It's fucking awful. The movie ended and I was so angry. And I've only been this angry a few times about these, <laughs> about movies we've done on this podcast. And I was so angry. And I was angry because a part of me was like, this movie doesn't qualify for this podcast. Like this doesn't necessarily, but it, but it is, has a huge cult following. It's got some ridiculous scores on all the, uh, it made a shitload of money and it made, yeah, it made a ton of money. So it does, but it's so bad. It's like the room bad. Like I wanted to ask you guys, is it a way for someone to say that? (laughs) Is this the worst movie you've seen on this podcast? Yeah, I have well, my so, answers. Yes. So well, I, oh, I really hated 2001, like really, really hated 2001. Like, okay. Um, which I and just that's an hour longer is, than is this. an overrated. And that's why I probably more than an hour longer. No, it's just an overrated, overlong piece of shit. There was some <laughs> value in the movie, I guess, in that it did really set up a genre of movies that followed and it created a sci-fi and it, it was a film think- experiment. It was yeah. like effects experiments. So yeah, I would say this. I hated this is the most movie I hated the most. I don't, but I think I think two thousand and one is the most overrated movie we've done on this podcast. But this because that movie, is rated as a critical. That's lauded as yeah. like one of the masterpieces of film. No one's yeah, necessarily going to say that about this. I yeah, hate two thousand one. I, I hate a Princess Bride. Yes, yeah, and, and, and and Napoleon Dynamite. I, I Napoleon loathe, terrible. Loathe. Yeah, I hate Napoleon. Oh, what is it? No, the this... weirdness of Napoleon Dynamite. How about it's not funny and it's like built yeah. as a comedy, and I like nothing more to do than to set fire to him. Yeah, there were no there yeah. were no jokes in Napoleon. No. Dynamite. Sorry, sorry, and there Kevin. were no jokes in this, and that's the that's the biggest problem when you try to build something as a comedy and it's not funny, and you don't even attempt to be funny. And it was it was before irony was a thing, like it was before, so it wasn't even trying to really be ironic. It's just it was just bad. I took oh my, I like I said, I'm not even reading. I have no notes in front of me. I have no nothing because it got by the time I was three quarters through, I was like, oh my god, this movie's almost over, and it was just it's just dog shit. And how Susan Sarandon went on to have a career after this is just i guess it must have been her breasts because this movie is just abysmally abysmally bad they should stop showing it they should stop they should just wipe it from the memory this was a horrible movie that contributed nothing to our society or to our culture or to art or to the future of movies it's just 
dog shit. I'm sorry, I, give I suggested it. it. I give, no, <laughs> that's your job. I give it. I and I give. I'll give it a 0. 0.5 <laughs> only because of Time Warp, which is a somewhat redeemable song. But the rest of the movie is fucking dog shit. A point five. You've never gone that low. I think I gave. Something oh my zero. gosh! I think I gave. You did give a zero. zero. Oh. I think I gave. Oh wow! This is almost more insulting in a way. These point five. I acknowledge you're here. I acknowledge you're here, and it's so goddamn terrible. You don't even get a zero. You get a point five. That's great. It's all right. Go, go ahead, Joe. You want to say something? I just, I just remembered something when I was watching the movie. The, the, the longer the movie went on, the more frequently I was checking to see how much time was left in the movie. <laughs> Like and, by and the by end the way, you know, the last 20 minutes, I checked like five times, like, God, how much time is left? And somebody that somebody, one of the gutter, one of the our fans made a point that like in the last third of the movie, the movie just fall, it's bad. The whole movie's bad. And then the movie just really falls apart in the last half and gets so weird with the performance, their statues, and then they're suddenly performing, and then they're in the, in the, in the bath de- swimming around, and then suddenly they're fucking aliens and they're blasting off into space. It's like they were like, we have half of a movie. What do we do with the rest? They improvised I don't know, take it. Drugs it's like they improvised down. it, but we know yeah. they didn't. We know that this had a yeah, run as a play. I but made that's this how sh- it reads. I'll make this joke before. This is like anything on Friday afternoon, Madison Avenue, 1985, <laughs> 4.58 p.m., where they're packed. We got to hurry up. We got to get in here. What are we going to do? I know. We're going to make a million. And anyways, then we're gonna, the, whole, the whole house is going to tick off and go into space. That's it. Yeah, exactly that. And we're going to have a guy with a ray gun, and then he's going to get shot. But then you know, he's going to ride in the end. Exactly. That's what's going to happen, right? 501, let's get out of here, guys. That's what happened. That coke impression. Kevin loves I, that I think they would have been more. I think they would have. It would have been funnier if they had used that much coke. Actually, yeah, they needed that much. Coke. <laughs> well, these notes are brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where you can find yourself a baller shirt like mine and a baller coffee mug like Kevin Israel has somewhere on that desk of his. Gutting the sacred. There he is. See kids right there. Pow. Guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. We love those five star ratings and two or three sentence reviews. You know I love them. I screenshot them, shot them, shoot them, shoot them. Right. That's proper tense. Right. And then I air them on social media. You know it. You'll love it. Notes. Is it me or is it an extreme close-up on a mouth that's singing very disconcerting for you guys? Because I said, if they start chewing food or gum, I am no. turning this right the fuck off. <laughs> we all know. Close-up of, ma- close yeah. close of mouths is always gross. <laughs> if they start and, eating, yeah, you lose me. Oh. By the way, here's one thing. No one ever paints just married on their car anymore like they were at the wedding for the, in the very beginning. My favorite writing on cars I have seen is when someone has a filthy car and then someone scrawls on it. I wish my girlfriend was this dirty. I've never seen that, but that's brilliant. Oh, I thought you were going to say clean me, but yeah, that's a new one. <laughs> I've seen the clean me, yeah. I mean, the obvious, someone draws a dick and ball squirting everywhere, too. That's seventh grade. I like the ninth grade of my girlfriend. <laughs> I wish my girlfriend was this dirty. Our first, that doesn't happen. 
Scott proposes to Susan Sarandon's on his friend's wedding day. Do you know how pissed <laughs> Susan Sarandon would be that she has to keep that announcement of I just got proposed to under wraps? And God forbid <laughs> if the bride found out that that dickhead proposed to her, that That's someone infringed on her wedding day. That is pure poppycock. There was no woman in the room who saw that goes, no, 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 no. Stop. That doesn't happen. Great the, thank you. The filmmaking techniques are already ham-handed, and I'm six minutes and 47 seconds in. Like the five-second hold shot on the sign that says, keep out. We get it. They're going to be in danger. <laughs> the cross, too, of the church. Yeah. Well, a minute before <laughs> that, what you're talking about. Same right. thing. If I ever go into a creepy house, I am bull rushing that door to get out the second I see people breaking a song and dance, because that is my kryptonite. <laughs> my second one is to be held captive by a dinner theater group like they are. <laughs> I'll get right in that car, ride that rim as far as that car can go, as long as I can get the civilization. And if it's worth busting an axe over, so be it. Kevin Israel, I don't know oh, much about cars. Did, did I get that right? You did. I, I'm in L.A. and I see car chases constantly because they put them on TV. You can go on the highway for 50 miles on a rim. People Excellent. do it all the time. Noted. By Thanks. the way, sorry, Kev. One of the, sure, go one ahead. Of the call, go. One of the audience participation lines that I do remember, while she sing, while they're first singing that song, she the maid slides down the banister, and one of the callouts is "Smell the banister." <laughs> See, I laughed was, there. That, that, that was, was that was funny. That one that one made me laugh, and then they were all downhill from there. <laughs> Tim Curry looks like Freddie Mercury with more makeup and less AIDS. Jesus, that deserved more than a Jesus. That Jesus. was good. <laughs> By the way, no explanation of all who these people are hanging out in the mansion, singing along, and how they got there. Nothing. The only thing I knew about this film, and by the way, I never saw this. All I, I remember growing up and seeing, like, you know, you look at the, the times in the paper for the movies, and you're like, and you see the posters in there. I would always see Rocky Horror Picture Show midnight at a theater nearby, and I always go, what the hell is that? My dad goes, don't bother. You know, and he never saw he never saw it either. I was like, I never saw it. The only thing I knew about this film was A, transvestites, and B, the time warp dance. And I said, All right, time warp dance. This is the crown jewel here. This is this is gonna be great. I was very <laughs> underwhelmed by this time warp dance thing. I I go, Well, if this is the crowning achievement, me thinks me in for a long night. By the way, getting your clothes ripped off like Susan Sarandon and what's his face were by people who would be Andy who who would buy. Andy Warhol's used toilet paper, not my idea of a good time. <laughs> but Susan Sarandon in her bra and panties, definitely my idea of a great time. <laughs> Can we understand why every assistant to an evil scientist was hunchbacked in films? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Was there like a hunchback PA on set and says, ah, oh, come on, go give Roland a few lines. Go ahead, Roland. Stop snarling. Start snarling and put on some weird Eastern European accent. Voila. Now we have a stereotype. It's casting forever. So let's get this straight. The monster that created looks like a steroided version of the guy that Bruce Willis and Die Hard wrote on his sweatshirt, ho, 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 now I have a machine gun. <laughs> T 
Tim Curry gets all Harvey Weinstein-y as soon as this guy gets out of the tank <laughs> playing grab ass. My God, Tim, let him cool down for a few minutes. Don't you know that meat is supposed to rest for about 10 to 15 minutes? At least the nerds from Weird Science didn't chase her around and get all Pepe Le Pew in her ass. They gave her some space. That's my point. <laughs> That's another one where they, they made her to have sex with her. <laughs> and they didn't. They're not closers. Neither did Tim Curry, actually. Right. Meatloaf probably weighing at about 235 pounds there, which is about 150 pounds lighter than when they buried him. <laughs> Jesus. Can we explain Meatloaf's Meatloaf's allure? I know him for three things. One, the song that has Phil Rizzuto in it as a diehard Yankee fan, of course. The next one, I would do anything for love. That song is sadly ubiquitous and needs to be retired like Uptown Girl. That Those songs, don't need to hear them again. They both stink. And, of course, from Fight Club. He has sold over 100 million albums, and I don't know one person who owns one. I like Meatloaf. I, I, you I would, Mr. President of the Rizzuto. local chapter. Phil <laughs> Rizzuto is the best thing about meatloaf. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know this is a musical, but God damn it, some plot and character development. That would be nice. Just a welcome addition. <laughs> all of this singing and dancing by all these extras in the mansion. That wasn't a big enough stall tactic for Brad and Janet to leave. When they're all dancing, just go, let's get out of here. Whoop right out boy these people sure aren't smart by the way the narrator is blofeld in the bond films did we all just go to skate over that little topic i didn't one of the i I hate now that i'm bringing back all these audience participation lines one of the lines every time he he appears you're supposed to say where's your neck oh waka waka that's that's weak all right so now (laughs) I'm supposed to believe that Susan Sarandon does a 180 in six seconds when Frankenfurter comes in there, who looks like Chris Jenner and Gene Simmons had a kid together. And then, no, 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 you can't. No, 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 wait. Oh, okay. Six seconds. And she goes from get away from me, creep, to, ah, fuck it. Don't tell him. That doesn't happen. So now goatee knows <laughs> it's at least five minutes and one drink later. So now I'm supposed to believe that this dumb shit, Brad, Kevin Israel got a good chuck out of that one. This dumb shit, Brad can't tell in half of a second that it's not Susan Sarandon climbing in the bed with him. Can we just be honest and say Frankenfurter probably smells like Virginia Slims cosmopolitans and boat sex cruises i'm just a sweet transvestite second of all if i'm dating susan sarandon what is the first thing i'm doing when i she walks in a room i am playing tune in tokyo with those glorious tits (laughs) and instead he can't figure out that it's those are not those are not perky attentive boobs but those are just a flaccid sad a cup on a man it takes that long <laughs> to figure out that that's a dude, let alone your girlfriend. But of course, it doesn't make sense. You know why? Because musicals say, fuck you, logic. It's all in the name of silliness and avant-garde. I love how much you hate musicals. Burning passion. <laughs> I do. We did it's Frozen. Relatable. We did fru- Frozen last week. You'll be surprised. 
I'm very well aware that this is a musical, but we don't need a song every eight and a half seconds, guys. By the way, these songs stink. At least Grease, as much as I hated that film, the songs, you're like, I get it. Not my style, but I get why they're catchy. There are no songs in here with zero stickiness, as we like to say here. Zero. Susan Sarandon goes from the college freshman girl who starts off school by starts off the semester by staying loyal to our high school boyfriend. But after two months says, hey, he's two states away. It doesn't count. Fuck it. <laughs> the only thing keeping me from fast forwarding through this dinner scene is Susan Sarandon in her bra. That's it. This dinner scene. <laughs> Any pure, scene. Yeah. This dinner scene. Pure fuckery. Kevin Israel. Guess who else had to Google this plot to understand half of this stuff? Me, I had no idea that his brain was was half his brain was in there. I had no idea he was a deep freeze. I just thought he busted through the wall and that's some shitty paint on him. What? <laughs> I'm so glad. Like, like he came in like the Kool Aid Man for Christ's sake. Oh yeah, and then what? that would have been funny, right? That would have been funny if he said that coming through. Right. You wrote the best joke in that movie just now. Well, listen, that's what I do. With all this running around the mansion, they could have made this instantly funnier by doing one thing, and that is playing the Benny Hill theme as they all ran around at one and a half speed of this film rate. <laughs> the actor, Charles Gray, who plays a criminologist, is probably like an in properly English-trained actor that did all of Shakespeare's plays, top to bottom, at the Globe, at the East End theaters, and now here he is giving interludes to a film about alien transvestites that break into <laughs> shitty songs every eight and a half seconds. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. I don't know about you guys. I needed to take a shower after this film. How about you? Can anyone yeah. explain? Can anyone explain how they got those characters after being turned into statues to break out all of a sudden and go, Hey, Song and dance time, you're up. Not even a please, not even promises of cocaine, not even bribery. Hey, guys, I'll, if you do a song and dance, here's a naked Linda Carter playboy for you. Nothing. He just <laughs> unfreezes them, and they say, fuck it, it's time for some jazz hands and frilly song numbers. I laughed harder at the crying game than this film. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> And now the guy in the wheelchair is wearing fishnets and doing the Sharon Stone <laughs> leg cross from Basic Instinct. First mention I, of that guy. I just threw my yellow legal pad at the air at that point and said, what the fuck? <laughs> Finally, the castle takes off into the sky like the car at the end of Greece did. I just threw my <laughs> yellow. I just threw my yellow legal pad in the air and said, what the fuck? Kevin Israel, I'm going to quote your favorite film. As Bill Murray said, I'm a reasonable man who's seen some unreasonable things. Yes, I get this is supposed to be campy. Yes, I get this is just tomfoolery. Yes, I get it opened the door for transvestites and bisexuality. But this film sucked Galapagos turtle shit. Uh, zero, plot zero plot enhancement dashed in with pure lunacy. And Israel's favorite, no character development. Boy, I, I wrote your name down and underlined it three times. No one is none the wiser. No one is learn, learns anything like Janet, except that she likes strange dick, but not as much as Brad did, apparently. <laughs> the song is a these song. Whenever you have a musical, the songs are the centerpiece. 
like Frozen. Whenever you hear a comedy, the jokes are supposed to be the centerpiece. If you don't have those main foundations built, the plot had better be airtight then. And this shit (laughs) is a vacuum of a plot. I had to pause this film five different times to take a break. Five. And it's only a (laughs) hundred minutes long. Everyone said you need to see this this live to appreciate it. Guess what? I don't need props when I attend sporting games, sporting events, excuse me. And I certainly don't need props to watch films. Just like when people say you got to get high when you go see 2001 A Space Odyssey. I don't need to throw toast or dress up like the miscreants do in this film to appreciate this. I tried to come in this open-minded, but this is beyond reproach. This film is a one out of ten. And one is for all the scenes with Susan Sarandon in her bra. That's it. Can I give a different grade? I feel bad mine is so much higher than yours. How many times do we hear this per month, yeah. Kevin Israel? That our gutter, <laughs> that our guttings, if we hate the film, influence our gutter. Go. I think I went too lightly on this. Joe, go ahead. I, I, I mean, I am. I'm just really. I'm glad and heartened that we all had the same experience with this. <laughs> because. And 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 I mean, I think you broke it down again. You guys have done this a lot more times than I have, but we all had about the same thoughts. I like how you articulated it there. Like it just there was so much of nothing. And 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 you do get angry. You don't just get angry watching it, but you get angry that 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 people have watched this and enjoyed this to the level that then we had you had to put me on this podcast and choose this. This is not like, you know, it's not a movie that should be on this. It never should have gotten this popular. It never should have. It shouldn't be. The cultural significance is why this is where it is. Look, this is like this is like improv live and it's about as funny as improv live. That's what I say. Well, you haven't seen me. As two, as, as, as two stand-up comics, that's why we make these jokes. All right, let's get to the let's see let's see the critics try and make a case for this film. Critics, five star reviews. This musical horror comedy, which follows a young couple as they stumble on a castle housing a curious group of sexually liberated characters, is one of the most influential films of the 20th century. Ooh. I, it is influential as much as we hate it. You have to agree with that. If we chose one piece of cultural ephemera to beam into space to let aliens know we're here, let it be this. The universe is filled with weirdos and lost in time, lost in space. But through Rocky Horror, perhaps we can find one another. Oh, if the aliens don't want to just invade the shit out of us and thinking this is like the sole mantelpiece for films and our cultural representation, we are donezo. Yeah, for the mo- that's uh, that, that they'll blow the planet up. Like if you want to kill us, send them this. Right. <laughs> for the Sorry. most part, for the most part, it moves spiritually along, and the whole thing is a giant giggle. It's all so blatantly uh. outrageous; it can only be taken as spirit of campy fun. This a one-time stage production has been enhanced by the film version. Nope. You know what? I take. Nope. The, I do. I, I would like to watch this film, but aired in other countries for example iraq iran china <laughs> russia places there is zero tolerance for stuff like this i want to watch the audience react to this film 
The only thing that there'd be riots. Is fast forward button. <laughs> yeah. But everyone would say, whoa, 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 go back. There's Susan Sarandon. <laughs> yeah, she one. is. She's worth any points that this thing gets. She, she got the one point. By the way, stunning. I saw her, by the way, not long ago, five years ago. I, I literally rented her in an apartment building. Still looks great. But in this film, she is jaw-droppingly beautiful. Yeah, and I her, can see. the Yeah, there's a few reasons. Oh, and her face, too. And her, and, to this. and her face, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic boobs. La uh, best scene with a wild crowd at midnight. Otherwise, nope. Critics, one-star reviews. Stripping away the live elements, one finds a movie at the heart of this all. It's a pretty bad movie, even as some of the most diehard adherents will admit. I don't think they would admit that. I think they think this is the greatest thing since you know, Naked Gun, Airplane. If there weren't the five stars, I might believe him. But the five stars, this is, this is, these, are, these are critics. One star reviews. Now we've moved on. No, but I mean, the, the five stars are what, oh. what, what refutes what he's saying. Uh, the next one. This wit is too weak to sustain a film. And all the songs sound the same. Just like Greece. Most <laughs> most of the jokes that might have seen jolly fun on stage now appear obvious and even flat. The sparkles gone. I'm betting most of the fans have never really watched the film. They're being distracted by the parade of guys in fishnets and flying toast. Amazon five-star reviews. Tim Curry has great lips. What are you trying to say? Tim Curry's DSLs? Jesus. And his are not the ones at the opening of the film. I know. Yep. That's another fun fact. Oh, it's not? No, it's not. <laughs> no. It's a gal. I forgot her name. And it was, and still is, great fun. The wonder that is this movie was only not only made by a major studio, 20th Century Fox, which is now under the thumb of arch conservative Rupert Murdoch, but widely released. More than four decades later, it's still playing in theaters around the country. There must be a reason for that. Sign Gretchen Carlson. <laughs> I can't believe Tim Curry invented trans people. Signed Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> Gosh, the real gay community must be longing for the good old bad days when there are two genders, but sexual preference was the question and the struggle. The movie is great stuff when the gay community then wasn't crippled by the straight progressives and their gender pronoun wars. The Stonewall riots wouldn't even recognize what's going on today. Ugh. Oh my God. Uh, it seems like that's got less so to do with the movie than some yeah. other things. <laughs> yeah, They've written that review for eight different movies. We all know their first part of their email is at like, soapbox at something something gmail.com, right? A lot of numbers in that. Amazon one star reviews. I remember going to the theater in the 80s to watch it, but I don't remember it being so extremely gay. I wanted to watch it for nostalgia, but I guess I forgot. Way too gay for me. Going to toss the DVD. Signed, Harvey Firestein. <laughs> I'm very into music, but not musicals. I was a karaoke DJ for over two years, and everyone that came to my bar swore this movie, swore by this movie, and performed songs from it. I watch it for the first time today, and wow, what an hour, what a waste of an hour and forty minutes! It took all of my willpower not to turn it off. I sat through it though, even though it was against my better judgment. Now I know where the time warp comes from. Comes from, excuse me. I think I could die without ever hearing that song again. There is absolutely no storyline. The characters are not relatable and stupid, and the songs suck. 
What is the big deal about this junk? I mean, come on, people. The Sound of Music was way better and underrated. I've come to the conclusion that musicals are not my cup of tea. I know movies. I know movies. And this one should be burned. Karaoke DJ, huh? You must have been magna cum laude <laughs> at Passaic County Community College. The sound if we had just known. Under... How is the Sound yeah. of Music underrated? It's like, what are the... <laughs> Oh, I was with the I, guy the whole time until that. <laughs> I think we could skip the whole thing if it was if we'd have known a, a karaoke DJ had panned <laughs> this. That would have just saved us all the time. But sound of music very overrated. Let's uh, let's all say that. <laughs> we pay oh, here the Kevin Israel special. We pay over two hundred dollars a month for cable. I really do not need to pay for a movie. This came up, and when I saw you had to pay for it, I tried to go back, but I got charged, so I watched it. It seemed dated. <laughs> That's a review. Yeah. They accidentally paid for it. Joe, and then watched I'm, I'm going to give a blessing and a curse. Next time you're, 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 you're taking a poop, go on again, go pick a film and go read the Amazon one star reviews. You'll be on that toilet for 45 minutes. Just mind laughing. Mind blowing. Next one rating one star. So Amazon stops recommending me these movies. That's that's fair. Good that's logic. Fair. If you if you hated this, you're gonna hate La La Land. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you've already done that one. I saw. We did. Oh, yeah. If you believe Christ Jesus is God and Lord, then you should not watch this movie. It's purely debaucherous and lecherous. Hmm. Mm, religious. That's who should watch it. Actually, those are the only people I think who should watch it are like <laughs> super religious people. Like you said. Show it in Iran. It would be a torture. It yeah. would be a torture to those people. Yeah. Last one. If you like weird, creepy, and soft porn, this is for you. I was required to watch <laughs> for a class in college and couldn't finish, though I got more than halfway through. What turned me off was the non-consensual sex and the I'm going to get you back sex. So beware. Signed, Lexington, Lexington Steel. <laughs> I'm going to get you back sex. Did I miss that part? I don't know when that was. I don't either. Okay, who's funnier? Chat. Oh, that's when she that's oh. when she she banged that sorry, she banged Rocky. Because she, she Rocky. saw him with the dude and she thought that's my way of getting revenge. Who's funnier? Chat GPT or KG? I asked Chat GPT. I cut down the three jokes to see who's funnier. So Chat GPT has written three jokes. Here we go. How does Dr. Frankenfurter like his coffee? with a little transfusion of sweet and steamy. Why did Magenta and Riff Raff always win at hide and seek? They had a secret time warp teleportation device. Number three, what's Dr. Scott's favorite way to travel? In a hot rod wheelchair. And that is going to be enough for who's funnier, Chat GPT or KG. KG leads KG us. Wins. KG wins again. 18 and 0 over Skynet. This is this is this is this is a Kimolajuan over Muggsy Bogues. We're talking here. They may take over the world, but they'll never be funny. No. Kevin Israel, did Joe Canali got the sacred cow? Yeah, he did. We did. The cow was gut. It was a gang gutting. It was bukaki gutting. There was it was a mess. The cow was in pieces, much like uh Eddie in the table. It was a slaughtering. Congratulations, Joe, or not. This Thank was you a for making us watch this. This was a Wuhan. Yeah. This was a Wuhan lab level of uh, <laughs> disease. 
It was terrible. I will say that I would say it's a try gutting on that. The film did a lot of gutting on its own accord. That's going to do it, though. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out yet another week. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, Joe Canale. Thanks again for joining you this week on Gutting the Sacred Cow. We'll see you later. Avita Zen. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.